The focaccia's entrance, only rivaled by Floyd Mayweather when draped in mink, 50 cents, many men ringing through the Van Andel Arena as he walked out to face Philip Endo. The bread demanded attention. The server's tendons flaring, distorting the lotus tattoo on her inner wrist, she placed the basket in between my friend Julia and I. Julia pulled the napkin back, exposing the focaccia steam coming out like those trendy humidifiers that you'll find in a Bath and Body Works or an anthropology. Julia was actually taking me out for my birthday. She booked us a two-top in an Italian restaurant that I had never been to. It was excellent. Kind of confusing. It was excellent, but kind of confusing. The food, it tasted like a place where if your outfit was valued at less than $150, you wouldn't be allowed admission. But then you look up, scarves and jerseys of Italian soccer teams draped all over, and all of a sudden looking around wondering if you're in a dive bar. But then I'm peeking over my left shoulder. They have a refrigerated cabinet, meats and cheeses. Am I in a bodega in New York City? I didn't know. Regardless, great food, great company, equaling a great evening. However, not giving partial credit where partial credit is due would leave me feeling a little guilty. Our waiter was amazing. He had a faux hawk. He was thick, definitely fitness forward, but I think being around so much pasta, I mean the excessive carbohydrates, really keeping him at a Ronnie, where if he was employed at a garden bar or maybe a Whole Foods, he could be sitting at like a Poly D. I would have been staring at a soul patch if his eyes weren't so blue. They were nice, but they were arrogantly blue, piercing blue, to the point where I was wondering if he had colored contacts. The best part about him was that he had an Italian accent, and I'm not sure why it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. He sounded like he was actually from Italy. And a couple times during our exchanges, he would blank on a word. He would squint and look up as if searching for the right term, saying, uh, like, um, and after a couple seconds, we would fill in the blank for him. I loved this. It added to the entire experience, legitimizing the restaurant and probably making the food taste even better than it actually did. He pitched a perfect game, and I think Julia's tip reflected just that. Fast forward one year later. It was the summer of 2017, and I was driving Lyft part-time, earning a little bit extra cash. Finding something to talk about with each passenger, it wasn't difficult. Because if they wanted to talk, they would do a lot of the heavy lifting. Myself, just ad-libbing with, ah, right. I feel it, whenever necessary. And if the baton was passed to me, it was usually in the form of, so how long have you been lifting? Or how much longer are you driving for? I'd play my part. This was the summer of the Mayweather-McGregor fight. And with the amount of media attention surrounding it, it was just a very easy talking point. Even if the passenger it didn't seem like they cared about boxing or either personality, might still pop the question. Worst case, they knew nothing about it. Maybe it got a little awkward. Either way, I would just turn up NPR. One afternoon, I picked up a man in northeast Portland. He got in the back right seat and said hello in an Irish accent. My response, hello, McGregor fan, to which he said, yes. He needed to go to northwest Portland. And at the time, factoring in traffic, the four-mile trip, really looking around 25 minutes. 
We talked about the fight and how he thought Connor was going to get it done in seven rounds, and I think that's an appropriate answer from an Irishman. I never gave him a good look at first. I confirmed he was seatbelted in, but aside from that, my eyes on the road, we were doing 45 to 50 on Columbia Highway. He was very nice. In our conversation, it didn't only cover the fight, but his background as well. Apparently, he was from Dublin, and he moved to the city a few years ago. Things got congested once I got into interstate. The traffic bumper-to-bumper, which allowed my interpersonal communication skills to vest. I started looking back at him through my rearview mirror, making eye contact. He had really blue eyes. He didn't have any product in, but his hair was assuming a faux hawk-like position. He was muscular too, and not poly D muscular, more of an undisciplined Ronnie. My mind now starting to overheat, the curl in front of me moving forward. And he had a soul patch. Where am I dropping you off, man? Work. Oh, nice, but like, where do you work though? He names the same restaurant that my friend Julia took me to a year prior. Okay, so I had a couple of options here. I think most obvious, I would ask him, why do you still have a soul patch? Or I could confront him, tell him that I'd been to that restaurant before, and he was my waiter, and he had an Italian accent. I went with that option, thinking his reaction something like a deer in headlights. I got the exact opposite. He chuckled and said, I turn it on when I can, my friend, in an Italian accent. For those of you who celebrate Christmas, do you remember what it was like when your parents sat you down and told you that Santa Claus wasn't real? That's how I felt going over the Broadway Bridge, dropping off an Italian waiter who was apparently Irish.